this morning. I want you to grab your Bibles wherever you are, whether you're lying in the bed or whether you're sitting at the kitchen table. And we're going to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, the second verse. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, the second verse. And it reads, what can I do to help you? Elijah asked, tell me, what do you have in the house? This morning, as we leap back into our series, Stay in the House, I want to talk to you from a simple subject this morning. What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? This past weekend, the majority of the faith community experienced the unthinkable. We experienced Easter Sunday in the house. Who would have ever thought that there would be a time where we would not come to the house of God on Easter? Being unable to gather with the saints in our sacred sanctuaries on such a significant Sunday cemented our new temporary reality caused by COVID-19. As we look into chapter 4, chapter 4, the second verse, understand here we are introduced to a widow woman. The entire chapter introduces us to two particular women. One is a poor widow and the other one is a wealthy woman. Though they had two different economic status, understand they both had something in common. They both had a crisis. And the thing about a crisis is, is that it does not discriminate. We can see with COVID-19, it does not matter whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're a professional athlete or whether you're a street sweeper, understand it does not discriminate. This week, we're going to take a peek into the house of this poor widow. And next week, we'll look into the house of the wealthy woman. Come with me as we look at verse 1. Verse 1 tells us, one day the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elijah and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. The text tells us five things about this woman's husband. The first thing it tells us that he was a husband. The second thing it tells us that he was a father. He had two sons. The third thing it tells us is that he was submitted to his man of God. And the fourth thing is, is that he feared the Lord. And finally, the fifth thing that it lets us know is that he died in debt. Here we see a startling reality. You can love God. You can love your family. You can love your church and still be financially unstable. The reality is that there are so many people today who come to church who love God, but because they fail to tithe, because they fail to give, they miss out on the financial blessing of doing so. The truth is, is that every Christian, every Christian, yeah, every Christian should tithe. Every Christian should save. Every Christian should prepare for death 
and prepare for your prosperity. I mean, when I think about tithing, I think of it like an insurance policy. You know, 10% of the tithe protects the 90% that we have left. If you remember what the Lord said in Malachi 3. Yeah, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. That's right, the devourer. Yeah, the enemy. You know, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10 that he's a thief. Understand, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he desires for each and every individual to be broke. Yeah, to be broke. He understands what money can do. He understands that money uh, uh, to advance the kingdom of God and any way that he can stop you from doing that, understand, he'll try. That's right. He wants you to die. Can I tell you that he wants you to die with no insurance policy? Yeah, he wants your family to have to come out of their pockets and even the church to pay for your burial. Think about that. If, if they had to do that, understand it takes everything from them and they would not be able to live life. Neither would they be able to advance the kingdom of God. The enemy knows that and he's out seeking to devour and destroy all of our lives. But God gives us wisdom. That's right. Yeah, every Christian should have an insurance policy. I mean, Hebrew uh, tells us it is appointed to man to die once. Two things are certain, death and taxes. That's right. I said it, death and taxes. So if you know it's going to happen, why not prepare it? I mean, after all, if you can afford a cell phone, you can afford an insurance policy. If you can afford a car payment, understand, you can afford an insurance policy. If you can afford a weave, yeah, yeah I said it, that's right, a weave. And, and if you can afford $200 tennis shoes, surely you ought to be able to afford an insurance policy. Can I tell you that that is the easiest money that you will ever give your family that's right the easiest money right now many of us can see yeah because of COVID-19 that we would have more money if we didn't blow it on stuff we really didn't need yeah you hadn't been to the movies yeah you hadn't been shopping yeah maybe you hadn't uh gone out to eat yeah, so you got some money. You got some money that you have saved up because you were unable to do some of the things that you used to do. I challenge everybody that's tuning in this morning, especially the partners here at Faith City, not to die without having an insurance policy. In fact, since you're in the house, if you have an insurance policy, you ought to take a look and see whether you got enough. And if you don't have insurance by the time you come out, yeah, you ought, to, you ought to stop. You ought to pick up the phone. You ought to call some insurance agencies and find out what it's going to take to get you some life insurance so that when you come out, that's right, you'll be better off than you went in. Yeah, don't die and your family have to beg people to bury you. Yeah, I, I'm going to go as far to say that you even, yeah, that's right, I'm saying it, you should leave the church some. 
Yeah, you should take care of your family. That's right. That, that's beyond question. You should take care of them. But you ought to think about the church as well. Our Jewish brothers, yeah, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, they understand this. Yeah, they understand it. That's why they got big buildings and no note. That's why, yeah, they got minimum people. But guess what? They got millions in the bank account. Why? Because somebody died and left the church some money. Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. That's pastor see I don't only want to help you spiritually but I want to help you naturally I don't only want to preach you happy no yeah and you end up broke and your posterity wondering how they are going to make it when you're gone that's right I want to make sure that you got a balanced life that you can shout spiritually yeah but you can live a good life yeah in this world I I know the market. Even if we think about the market, it, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of funny right now. Yeah, COVID has got it shaken. Yeah, but uh, uh, understand, you ought to have some retirement set up because one day, guess what? You're gonna get tired of going to work. Yeah. I thought I heard somebody say, oh, I'm, I'm already tired. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I know it. But you got to make sure right now that you're preparing yourself for that time. Yeah, you can't spend everything you got. Neither should you want more than you can afford. <laughs> yeah, the Bible helps us out with this. Yeah, in Romans, the, the, the t uh, tent, talented tent maker from Tarshish tells us in Romans 13 and 8, he says, oh, no man anything. Yeah. Yeah, and he tells, oh, no man, anything but to love them. Now, I, I know you think I forgot where I am, but can I tell you I'm in the text? That's right, I'm in the text. Look at verse 1. It says, my husband who served you is dead, and you know he feared the Lord, but now creditors has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Look at this. This man, this husband. Yeah, this father died with debt. He owed some people, and they were coming to get their payment. Yeah, today, you know, they garnish your check. You know, today, they, 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 they'll take your house by foreclosure. Yeah, or they'll repo your car. But in those days, yeah, they came after you. Yeah, that's right. They came after you. They came after your children. I wonder right now that if that practice was still yeah, active today, I wonder how many of the children, yeah, how many of our children would be slaves yeah, to somebody because we were unable to pay the debt. Yeah, yeah, pay the debt. In reality, yeah, in a real sense, understand if we fail to be good stewards, of what we have, if we fail to teach our children how to manage their money, if we fail, yeah, to leave them something so they won't have to start, yeah, like we started, yeah, we set them up to be enslaved in a society where the odds are already against them. Look at verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2 tells us, what can I do to help you, Elijah said? Tell me. What do you have in the house? That's my question to each one of you that are tuning in this morning. What do you have in your house? Listen to this woman's first response Yeah, in the text. Yeah, she says, nothing at all. This widow woman had reached a point of despair. She felt hopeless. 
I wonder, has anybody ever felt hopeless? Maybe you felt hopeless about your job condition. Maybe you felt hopeless concerning some situation about your child. Maybe you felt hopeless about some situation in your marriage. Maybe you're concerned about your money. Yeah, maybe somebody right now is feeling hopeless because you're stuck in the house and don't know when you're going to come out. This widow woman did the only thing that she knew how to do is that she turned to the Lord. Can I tell you <laughs> that when you don't know what to do, no better place to turn to than to the Lord? That's right. If you don't know what to do, if you, your mind is racking with pain and you cannot come up with an answer, you got to go to God. Somebody right now is trying to look for help in the bottle. Somebody right now is trying to find help in the drugs. Somebody is trying to find help in the opposite sex or the same sex. I'm here to tell you that the real person that you're going to find help in is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I could shout right there. Yeah, be careful. Can I pause? Can I pause right here and tell you, be careful? Yeah, be careful where you look for help in time of crisis. Because everything and everybody ain't qualified to help you in the time of crisis. Be careful now, because there is one who, who is absolutely qualified. In fact, he wants us to come to him, look to him in the time of crisis. That's what he tells us in Psalms 50 and 15. Look at it. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I shall rescue you and you will honor me. Note what he said. He says, call on me in the day of trouble. I don't know about you, but if you got some trouble, yeah, you ought to call the Lord. I, I know you've been calling mama. I know you've been calling daddy, sister, brother, cousin, and them, but you ought to pause and call the one that is able to help you. The Bible said he shall rescue you. Shall. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah, he shall come to your rescue. That's right. Whatever situation you in right now, understand when you call on the Lord, he will come. The old folks used to sing that. That's right. Yeah, when you call on him, yeah, he will come. Yeah, this widow woman's response initially was that she had nothing in her house. But before, yeah, before she could finish her sentence, she remembered she had one thing. Yeah, one thing. Look at the text. It says nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. She replied, can I suggest to everyone who is tuned in this morning at Faith City Church that God left you with something? Yeah, he left you with something. There is something that in spite of what you're going through, that in spite, yeah, of the situations and circumstances and your back may be up against the wall, that in spite of what you are thinking, maybe somebody right now is thinking that they will not recover from this. Maybe somebody is thinking about, yeah, they're always going to be in a struggle. I'm always going to be poor. I'm always going to beg. Maybe there's somebody right now is saying, I will not be any better than my mama or daddy, but I'm here to tell somebody this morning, shake the person. Yeah, oh, don't touch them, but you ought to point to them and let them know, yeah, that there is a God that will truly make a difference in your life, and his name 
is Jesus. This widow woman, understand, she remembered one thing that she had in the house. One thing. Yeah, a flask or a jar of olive oil. And look what Elijah uh, uh, says to her in verse 3. He says, since you got, yeah, uh, since you found something in your house, yeah, since you got that flash or that job oil, this is what I want you to do. He gives us specific instructions. He tells us, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. <laughs> Pour olive oil from your flash into the jars, setting each one aside when it is full. And look at verse 5. The text says, so she did as she was told. Can I tell you that obedience will bless you? <laughs> yeah, many of us can testify. Yeah, that we had some man or some woman of God in our lives and they gave us instructions and because they gave us instructions, we are better off now than we were. Yeah, you're grown, but you understand submission. You understand that God put somebody in your life not to hurt you, but to help you. <laughs> yeah, obedience does something. Obedience, yeah, it produces miracles. That's right. That's exactly what the widow of Zerapath found out. She found out that if she obeyed Elijah, understand, she was set apart more than anybody else. A miracle. That's right, a miracle. Large or small begins with an act of obedience. Note. Note that the widow in 2 Kings 4 didn't snap her neck. <laughs> no, she didn't roll her eyes. She didn't call the prophet fake. No, the text says she did what he said. That's right. They went to their neighbors and borrowed as many jars as they could and shut the door. Yeah, the text said that. It said they shut the door. They quarantined. <laughs> that's right they stayed in the house and they began using what they had yeah I, I was telling somebody just yesterday yeah sometimes God had to shut you in so that trusting him is your only option that's right sometimes God will back you up against the wall sometimes God will disconnect everything around you so that you'll stop trusting it and start believing in him can I suggest that maybe that's why God has got us where we are right now because he understand or he wants us to understand that the economic system we can't trust in the government that we can't trust in that the the physicians that we can't trust in that the only one that can come to our rescue and bring about a deliverance is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we can't trust those things but we need to be trusting him I'm helping somebody this morning yeah the sons brought jars and the mother poured oil yeah and the text says they kept bringing jars until the jars ran out Look at it. Verse 6. It says, soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. And look at his response. There aren't any more, her son told her. 
And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Note that the oil never stopped until the jars ran out. Can I suggest to you that as long as God has something to work with, that your situation is not hopeless? Yeah, don't ever run out of stuff that God can work with. Yeah, you ought to have something. You ought to have something on the inside. You ought to have something that you can read, something that you can touch. Yeah, that God can use and God can work with because if God yeah, can use it, he can bring a miracle to pass. The reason, yeah, can I tell you? Yeah, you might not like this, but can I tell you? Yeah, can I tell you? That the reason that some of you have not reached your full potential it's not because the oil ran out, but because you stopped giving God something to work with. Can I tell you that maybe your career could be much better, but you stopped giving God something to work with? Can I tell you maybe your money could be better than it is, but you stopped tithing and you stopped giving? Maybe your spiritual walk could be better than it is, but you stopped coming to church. You stop reading his word. You stop fasting and praying. God can do some amazing things. He just needs something to work with. Yeah, he just needs something, something to work with. This widow woman, understand she already had what she needed in her house. Everything that she needed was in her house. Maybe she had forgot due to the loss of her husband. Yeah, maybe the crisis that she had encountered caused her to forget what was in the house. Maybe right now, there's somebody that has allowed COVID-19 yeah, to cause you to forget what you already have. Yeah, this widow woman considered what she had of little value. But the very thing that she counted as little was going to be the answer to her prayers. Woo! Oh, that might hit somebody next week. The very thing that you have, could it be the very thing that's going to change your life? I want to know what do you have in your house? Yeah, is there obedience in your house? Yeah, are you willing to obey God even when it looks ridiculous? Are you willing to obey God even when you don't understand? Yeah, is there cultivated thinking in your house? Cultivated thinking, yeah, cultivated, yeah. Uh, are you able to think back past your present condition? Do you see the glass half full or half empty? Yeah, are you able to see yourself coming out of your situation? Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, yeah, so is he. If you never think yourself out, you'll never come out. If you never think yourself a better job, you'll never get a better job. If you never think yourself a better financial situation, you'll never get into a financial situation. I want to know, is there faith in your house? Have you allowed? the difficulties and the struggles of life to cause you to doubt God? Have you let COVID-19 rob you of all 
all that you were declaring over 2020. Ooh. Some of us had some great declarations over our life, the beginning of the year. But all of a sudden, here comes some situations and circumstances that seem like going to make us detour. But what I'm so glad about, that if we can hold on to our faith, if we can believe God, because sometimes God allows situations and circumstances to come in our life to test our faith about that thing. Yeah. So because in spite of what you're going through, you still got to have faith. In spite of the trouble, you still got to have faith. In spite of COVID-19, you still got to have faith. In spite of what people are saying, you still got to have faith. And when we hold on to faith, the Bible says that Jesus is looking the world over and he's looking for some faith. Is faith in your house this morning? And lastly, yeah, is there praise in your house? Is there praise? Have you let the unprecedented times steal your praise? Has a rock taken your place? Is God listening to a rock? Or is he listening to you? Are you crying out? The, the, uh, the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually in my mouth my soul shall make a boast in the Lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad the Bible declared that praise is comely for the upright I don't know about you but right where you are in spite of what you're going through you ought to give God a praise you ought to let God know you ought to give him a shabak you ought to let him know that in spite of the trouble in spite of the situation I'm yet going to praise God Ooh, I wish I had somebody would just praise him right where you are. Glory to God because he deserves a praise. Not only when things are good, but can I suggest that when things are not so good, I'm reminded of Paul and Silas. Yeah, they were locked up in prison. But the Bible said about midnight because they were praising God because they were glorifying him at midnight. Yeah, their life was changed. I don't know about you, but somebody ought to have a midnight praise because God is getting ready to turn your situation around. That's right. He's getting ready to turn it around. Yeah, I got to go. Look at verse 7. It says, when she told the man, oh God, what had happened? <laughs> he said to her, yeah, after, yeah, after they had got all the pots, jars, after they had filled it with oil, after the oil stopped flowing, the text says, he then told her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live off what's left <laughs> that's a praise right there by itself because this widow woman was willing to use what she had in her house her situation went from hopeless to promising from not having enough yeah the text says to more than enough they had enough to live off of. 
They had enough to pay the debt. Evidently, it was a substantial amount because the creditors were coming to take both sons. Yeah, but she had enough. Yeah, to pay the debt off to live and have some left over. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Yeah. But God yeah, wants to do something in your life. It's amazing. As I looked at the text, I, I said they came out of the quarantine <laughs> totally changed. Can I suggest that that's how God wants us to come out of this quarantine that we're in? That's right. He wants us to come out better than we went in. So that means that we have to evaluate some things. This widow woman and her family life was changed because she turned to the only help she knew. She turned to the Lord. Then she obeyed the man of God. And then she used what she had in her house. What do you have in your house this morning? Yeah, what do you have? That could change your life. What do you have? Ooh, that you can come out of this thing better than you went in. Is obedience in your house? Yeah. Maybe you hadn't obeyed God and some of the things that He told you to do. And because of that, maybe you've suffered some consequences. But I'm here to tell you that obedience can change. You can pick up from where you are and start doing what God has called you to do and it'll change your life. Yeah. There's a shift in your thinking in the house. Yeah. Are you tired uh, of the results that you're getting? Yeah. Uh, are you tired of looking at everybody else prospering? Are you tired of looking at everybody else advancing? Can I tell you, it starts with your thinking. You got an opportune time right now. Yeah, you're not that busy. You're in the house. Yeah, you can change your stinking thinking. That's right. And start thinking like God created you to think. Can you imagine? I mean, Adam, think about it. He named all the animals, which means that his thinking was complex. He, he was a deep thinker. He could see things. Yeah, can I, can I tell you that we were created in the image of God? The same God that hung the moon and the stars and divided the firmaments. The same God. And because we were created in His image, I'm here to tell you that our thinking can be better than it is because we're created in His image. Yeah. Is there faith in your house? The Bible declares that Jesus prayed for Simon because he said that is that Satan desired to sift him like wheat. And he said that he prayed that his faith fell not. Can I tell you that's what the enemy is after? He doesn't want you to have faith. He wants you to see things and, and, and not believe that you can come out of it, not believe that it's going to change. Even this COVID-19 I mean, some people's faith has been tested, but
But when we have faith in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that hung the moon and the stars and divided the firmament, the one that created all things, understand, in him, yeah, the Bible declares all things are possible. So this morning, is there praise in your house? Have you been walking around worried? Have you been walking around complaining? Have you been walking around upset with everybody? I'm going to tell you, when you can't do nothing else, lift up a praise to God. Yeah, praise Him. Let the enemy know that even though what he's sending your way, that whatever he sins, yet I'm going to praise God. Yeah. In all things, the Bible declared that we ought to praise Him. I know you think I'm crazy, but even in this COVID-19, it ought to be somewhere that you can praise God because you're still here. <laughs> That's right. You're still here this morning. Is forgiveness in the house? Maybe there's somebody this morning. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Yeah, maybe you've done some things wrong. Maybe you've been beating up on yourself. Yeah, can I tell you that God wants you to come out better? So right now, you ought to forgive yourself for what you did or maybe what you didn't do. And come out of it better. Come out of it healed delivered and set free. Maybe there's somebody that has harmed you. Maybe there's somebody that did you some wrong. Let them go. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is that when you don't forgive, you're the one in prison. You're the one bound. So you ought to let them go. And maybe there's somebody this morning you need to repent of your sins. That's right. You need to come out better. You need to give God your heart. Yeah, so it's season. This is the season of evaluation. While you locked in, it's time to evaluate some things. If you don't come out of these six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it may be, better. Nobody's fault. Yeah, nobody's fault but yours. Because we all had time to take a look at our life and examine ourselves. So if that's you on this morning, you want to change. If you want salvation this morning, it's yours. All you got to do is repent of your sins. Tell God you're sorry. Acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. And understand, he is yours. And you're here.